0: On the show today, I'm joined by not one, not two, but three very exciting guests from the latest Supernova Convention. First up, we've got Jessica Harmon from the hit show The 100, then voice artist Stephanie Didoli, and Vic Mignona. All that and more on today's show, stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Benjamin May McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host Benjamin, and as I said, we've got three very exciting guests joining me on the show today, all from the latest Supernova Convention, so a big thanks to the guys over there for facilitating these interviews. Now, it has been a while since we've released an episode, and that's because we've got a very exciting project to announce through Preacher's Podcast Online and On Stage, the production company which owns the podcast. We are producing an audio drama adaptation of the hit young adult series, The Phoenix Files. The Phoenix Files is written by Australian author Chris Morphew. It uh, sold hugely well here in Australia and over in the UK and the Nordic countries, and we're very excited to bring the series to life. We've got some incredible actors signed on. We're just starting to announce them. We've, uh, we've got John Jarrett from the Wolf Creek series, uh, obviously an Australian actor who's reached international fame, and we're very excited to have him in the series. We've also got Andrew Hanson from The Chaser and Stephen May and Kurt Phelan, both theatre icons. The cast is going to continue to grow. We've got some fantastic actors on board. It's going to be the largest cast of any production we've ever done. And the series is going to be released worldwide. That's right, often our theatrical productions have been only available to those cities we can get to. But with an audio drama, we can release online. And uh, and there'll be three installments based on the three books. The first one comes out at the end of the year, and then uh, the final two the following year, 2018. And... We're releasing them worldwide, that's right. They'll be available to buy online and the whole world will be able to hear them. Obviously, we're going to be talking a lot more about the project as we get closer to the release date, but we have been in studio and we have been very busy with that, which is why we haven't had a podcast for a while, but we are making up with it by having three guests. So we are very excited to be back today. And first up is my interview with Jessica Harmon. Here's that chat. Enjoy. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank
1: you, thank you for having me.
0: Now, Jessica, what inspired you to want to work in the performing arts?
1: um, Well, my brother and I are actually both actors, and our parents uh, work in film. My dad's a director, and my mother's an executive producer in film. Both of them were actors at one point years ago, Um, and so we kind of just grew up around it, so it was kind of one of those things that happened. We were on set a lot. Uh, when we were younger, because they would travel around while we were shooting and or while they were shooting, and then we finally settled in Vancouver when they switched to television to kind of stay in one city for more than a year. Um, and when that happened, my brother and I were both like, Well, but what about us going to set all the time? Like, we got so adjusted to living on film sets that it got to the point where I was like, well, I want to go back, and I didn't really even want to be an actress, I just wanted to go back to set and hang out with the crew that I'd come to love, so when you're 10, you couldn't really get a job being a grip, so acting seems like the appropriate means to end there, so we both, I started acting at 10, and then my brother followed suit several years later when he turned 10, and that's kind of Kind of been that way ever since and sometimes our family actually works together which is great too but that would be the reason there was no like deep deep love for the arts or anything other than we just wanted to be on set. Now I have that
2: love but it took a while.
0: <laughs> so did it, was it a little bit easier to break into the industry given your family had obviously a history and a reputation within the arts already?
1: Mm-hmm, for sure we were very privileged in that respect um, it was uh, I mean, they were able to get as an agent because they knew people. When it came to getting jobs, that didn't seem to help, no. Um, I, can't, I mean, I auditioned, I auditioned for my father before and not gotten a job. So nepotism isn't necessarily all it's cracked up to be, but it has worked for us occasionally, for sure. We've worked with the family before. Um, it was more so just helpful to have that insight into what it's like and when, you know, you're repeatedly rejected to not actually feel like it's a – it's some sort of uh, decision based on who you are as a person. It's just you're just not right for that role. And we were taught that very young because we grew up around the industry. So it's really helped in us hopefully staying humble. I'd like to think that we are <laughs> at this
0: point. And do you think that there are things you'd learned being on set that you couldn't have been taught through a, you know an acting school or a university course?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, taking lessons and, and studying in school is always a wonderful thing to do. Um, but for us, yeah, we, we kind of learned. We kind of had like a street sense side of of what we do because we learned on set. Neither of us have really ever taken any formal training in our lives Probably a mistake, and we should probably look into that at this point, um, but we got a lot of training on set, just in terms of, you know, how to, I was a stand-in for a number of years when I graduated high school, because my dad told me if I really wanted to take acting seriously, I should go be part of the crew and actually watch what actors do, watch what the crew does, so it really helped us in terms of, you know, finding the camera, finding your light, finding your mark, that sort of thing. Um so yes, it's it's definitely it's definitely helped in, in that respect. I think a healthy a healthy amount of both, like maybe do some schooling and get some onset experience. But onset experience is just it's it's, it's very important.
0: I find it very helpful for actors. It mm, certainly would be. So, is there any uh, I suppose skill or thing you've had to learn to be able to take on a role? Is there anything you've been taught for a job?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, whenever you're dealing with like any sort of stunt training or something, there's definitely some learning curves there. There was a show I did called Olympus for sci fi about three years ago, and they taught me how to use a sword. So I became, I shouldn't say skilled, but I got pretty good at sword play <laughs> so I was like had these knives and swords and she just, my character just ran around murdering people brutally um in kind of like a capoeira dance type of thing so that was really fun I enjoyed learning that and then I know I know like I know actors that have learned how to ride horses or motorcycles and stuff to get their job I haven't had that experience but I, I might be able to stab yeah I've got that going for me
0: <laughs> well is there something you'd like to learn in the future
2: Oh, um.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I like the fight training to be honest. So I guess that kind of goes the same route as as the sword training stuff. But maybe learn how to ride a motorcycle or something. I'm not very good on a horse either. There's, on the hundred, a lot of people get to ride horses. Marie, who's coming with me to Australia actually um, for the convention, she she is constantly on on horse, so she's gotten really, I think
0: she did it as a child too, but she's like a professional at it now, so I'd, I'd
1: probably maybe ride a horse, although I say that now and I'm, I know I'm going to get fucked off the first five minutes. <laughs> well, you're going to get back up again. <laughs> now, sure, yeah, knowing me, <laughs> I'll probably just choose to stay
0: down. But <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Now, you have worked in a lot of sci-fi series from Battlestar Galactica to the Hundred. Is sci-fi something you've always enjoyed watching and being a part of?
1: It's always been my favorite genre to watch, to be honest. So so yes, I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed that that genre and that element of my, my own personal career. In Vancouver, we, we shoot a lot of science fiction series and films, so we kind of have our not to pick as a litter, but we've got a lot going on up here so anybody any Vancouver actor that I know has done at least a handful of sci-fi things I've always enjoyed them i was I really enjoyed Battle for Galactica and so sort to of be on it was fantastic um, The 100 I had seen a bit because my brother was on the show and I enjoyed that kind of sci-fi element world I think I'd like to do something that's more like futuristic at some point. Like I like, like like the fifth element is one of my favorite films. I would want to do something. I mean, everyone would want to do something like the fifth element, but I like that kind of Blade Runner futuristic thing too.
0: Mm. And because you've been on set since such a young age, have you seen the industry evolve in any particular ways?
1: For sure. I mean, I've watched the Vancouver industry evolve over the last 22 years. Um, from being kind of a smaller Hollywood North thing and then, you know, depending on our economy and the dollars, well, things changed. So there was a slow period several years back everyone started panicking and thinking that, you know, the industry was over in Vancouver. So in that was, and then it, now it's booming. It's just massive at this point in bands. So I've watched it evolve in that sense. And it's nice because I've been a been part of it in my own career for so long now that I've watched friends around me go from training and being in school to now being the top of their field, which is great. So on a personal level, I've, I've definitely seen it evolve here um, for the film industry as a whole. I'm not
0: sure that I'm qualified to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I've noticed that's changed a lot over the, just the past few years, really, is the introduction of streaming services like Netflix. I mean, for example, your show *I Zombie* can only be watched in Australia on Netflix. Do you think streaming platforms have helped oh. the industry sort of grow a little bit more and be more accessible beyond illegal, you know, piracy and such that used to plague, uh, you know, TV and films?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my personal experience, I, I I enjoy it. I I have Netflix. I watch it pretty much every day. So, <laughs> on a personal note, yes, for sure, I think it's been very helpful. And in the industry, and professional, I suppose, in the industry, like it's great. It's great to know that the shows that we're doing here are now being viewed around the world, and there's an an easily accessible way to do that. <laughs> Illegally download something, which no one you know, oh, benefits, really so yeah. to be happening, especially for those of us in the industry. So I, I think it's great. I, I don't know what it means for the future of network television, but again, I'm not qualified <laughs> to, to really comment on that. But personally, I quite enjoy it.
0: Absolutely. And what do you enjoy most about appearing at conventions across the world?
1: Um, well, conventions, I mean, they've, it's definitely been, sorry, my, my girlfriend who's staying with me just walked in and started dancing in her underwear, so that's happening for me over um, here. <laughs> sorry, it's probably not appropriate for your shop. What was the question? Oh, conventions. Yeah, conventions. Sorry. Um, it's been amazing, honestly. I just, the 100 has been great for that, and my brother, like I said earlier, he's... Anyone listening that that watches The 100 knows that my brother, my real-life brother, plays Murphy on the show. And so for us, we've been able to travel the world together, and it's kind of brought us a lot closer as siblings, because we're in Paris all of a sudden for a weekend together, and we've actually gotten to become adults together, which is great. So we get to travel the world, which is phenomenal, and I've never been to Australia before. I can't wait. Um, but the main thing that I think I personally love about it, and I know a lot of the actors on our show which share the same sentiment, is wonderful to meet the fans and listen to their experiences and to know how much the show has brought and meant to, to them in their lives. It just kind of inspires us to work even harder. And when it's four in the morning and we're in the pouring, freezing rain, it kind of gives you that extra boost to keep going because you know how much this means to, to people. I, I never knew how much it could mean. I know how much film and television means to me in my own life, but I never thought of other people that aren't in film thinking of it in a way that was very meaningful and to have met so many fans over the last year doing conventions and just how wonderful they are and bringing us like books and photos and letters and stuff. It's just, it's, it's been a pretty incredible it's, ch- it's changed my opinion of what I do and made me care a little bit more. I used to just stop caring about something once I finished sh- shooting because for me the enjoyment came from set. But now there's a whole other world for me, and that's to do with the fans. So conventions have been, I mean, instrumental and in and, and that, which is great.
0: And because you're now ha- you know going around talking about the work you've done, are you paying closer attention to certain things or are you noting little stories that you go, oh, this would be great to tell here or there?
1: like stories from the show
0: yeah stories from on set okay. are you sort of noting things that you may have just sort of forgotten or passed over that you can share at conventions now is that something you've started? you know listing <laughs>
1: totally yeah yeah we I mean there's it's funny because we we will talk amongst ourselves like the actors and the crew about something funny that happened or whatever but I I only came onto the hundred and the third season so the last conventions I was just in Paris and uh, Bonn in Germany for two conventions in the last month, and it was extru- it was hilarious to hear some of the actors share their experiences from a time that I wasn't there or that we weren't there for each other. When we get to hear each other's anecdotes of what has happened to us <laughs> while filming, it it brings us all a lot closer, and it kind it's kind of opening. Like I've become very close to some of the actors on the show in the last couple of weeks, who I don't normally. Work with. They're not always on set when I am. And when you are on set, you're also focused on doing your job. So you're not necessarily goofing around and becoming and bonding. And these conventions have really created like a solid bond between all of us. I mean, I've been back for a week and we still, as with my parents yesterday, in 10 minutes into being there, I had over 200 close to 300 text messages from the cast in the group chat that we're in from Europe. (laughs) Like, we just can't get enough of each other now. So that's been another amazing part of the convention It's brought us a lot closer. Which again, makes it easier for us to do our jobs going
2: into other seasons.
0: Of course. Yeah. Well, we do unfortunately have to let you go. But finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry?
1: Patience. A hell of a lot of it. Um... Patience, 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 and just knowing that if it's something you really want to, whenever an actor asked me that, say, if it's something that you really p- want to do and you plan on spending the rest of your life working towards that goal, then then have patience because there is isn't necessarily a rhyme or reason to why we get cast and things. You know, sometimes you just have a great day and you have the right look. Sometimes you have an off day, even though you were perfect for it, so things are always going to come and go it's taken me 22 years to get to a position where i finally feel comfortable and successful in my own career so that patience is is quite a virtue especially when it comes to to doing what we do in the arts um that would be my main my main thing don't give up and take your time
0: well thank you very much for your time today jessica and have a lot of fun when you're here in australia thank you so much i
1: appreciate it i can't wait
0: That was my chat with Jessica Harmon from The 100. Next up, I've got a chat with Stephanie Nadolny. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here.
0: Now, Stephanie, what inspired you to work in the performing arts?
1: Oh, I've been performing since I was uh, three years old. Um, As soon as I heard music and singing, um, disco music, mainly when my father uh, would listen to it, I just fell in love with music and singing, and Donna Summer in particular, my favorite singer. Um, I just started singing and was attracted to music um, from a very young age. Um, As soon as I could talk, I think I was singing. Maybe even before I was talking, I was singing. So I just fell in love with music at a young age, and um, I watched cartoons growing up and was always intrigued by voices and different character voices, and I always thought that, um, you know character voices were really funny and I had an affinity for that as a young age when I would walk around with a cassette player and tape record things that I thought sounded interesting and I would try to mimic what I heard and so I was interested in voice acting as well but I didn't actually know as a young child that there was a career to be made in that industry
0: mm. And what training did you undertake to get from that enthusiastic child to a professional hard-working actor and voice artist?
1: Um, I think Get really much training. Um, I kind of just dove right into everything as a child and just um, did any and everything I could do to perform, to get in front of audiences. Um, uh, I, I did um, community theater, uh, talent shows, um, singing and dancing. Um, I did take um, dancing lessons as a child, I did ballet and tap lessons as a very young child, about six, seven, eight, nine years old. And then I did um, take piano lessons for about five years, and I competed um, in um, solo piano competitions and also got into choir and show choir and specialty choirs as I got older in school and um, took part in as many things as I could. Um, Involving music and uh, theater and singing, and as I got older, I got more involved in musical theater, which encompasses all three: singing, dancing, and acting.
0: So, do you think it's important for performers to have multiple strings to their bow?
1: Oh, uh, well, I do. I do personally. Um, It worked out that way for me. But um, you know, there are some others that you know pursue other other lines of work, and they just stick with one thing. I know that once I got out of high school and I went to college for a couple of years, um, I hadn't really done much serious acting. So being that I was a singer, actor, and dancer, I wanted to get more experience into um, serious acting because I had the least experience in that field. And for me in particular, I was able to study that side of the industry. And as a result, I feel like I'm more well-rounded having done that because I went in front of, uh, you know, different instructors, um, professors, and things like that, uh, studying voice and movement with the body involving how you move and how you speak as an actor, as a serious actor. Um, And as a vocalist, um, it's helped me with the voice acting, with the timing, and um, especially with um, Japanese anime when we go in and we actually dub in English where you're watching the flaps and you're looking at a script and then looking up at the screen and then you're dubbing to moving mouth flaps. Um, so um, for me, being um, a singer, and there's a certain rhythm that goes along with being a singer with music and a tempo, and I think that's um, helped me in voice acting because I'm able to pace things out and think about, about it as a, a musical rhythm in my head, and so I'm able to be more efficient in the studio as a voice actress because of my musical um, training and my um, history with working with music and musicians.
0: Mm. So which do you prefer, music or acting?
1: Uh, I love them both very much. Um, uh, I started out loving singing and music first, and then as I grew up and did a lot of singing and, and dancing and musical theater, the actual voice acting came um, just simply by being at a studio one day, um, the right place, kind of at the right time. I met um, a producer who was there when I was singing some background vocals with the Grammy Award-winning um, polka band out of Denton, Texas, called Brave Combo. And um, I was there recording and singing and met um, who actually eventually called me to audition for Dragon Ball Z, which is the outrageously popular Japanese anime on Cartoon Network. Um, and so the voice act, my voice acting career uh, began as soon as I auditioned and was selected to play the role of Kid Gohan mm-hmm. in the Dragon Ball series. So singing came first, and then the voice acting kind of came along. And then from there I was able to start working um, with some radio stations. Um, putting together parodies and comedic uh, morning show, radio material. Um, And I got into comedy and um, I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh and and to uh, entertain people. So it just went right hand in hand with um, the the whole entertaining. So I was able to expand on the voice acting by using my voice for radio ads and singing, um, you know, call letters and jingles. Um, I'm actually looking to get back into that. i I'm looking to do more of that as well. Um, And I'm possibly going to be um, branching out and singing in some um, fancy steakhouses and restaurants around the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area here in the coming months.
0: Mm. And if we have got fans and listeners in those areas, where could people go and possibly find dates where you'll be performing over there?
1: Oh, performance dates? Um, I do have a Facebook page um, that a friend of mine runs for me. It's uh, Stephanie Nadalny, voice actress. And um, I'm also currently working on an updated um, website. Um, At this time, it's under construction, so I don't have the web address or anything just yet. But um, when it does come, uh, there will be a way to search the Internet for that, and I'll be able to post dates of where I'll be performing Um, and also on my own personal Facebook page as well as my um, Voice Actress page. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful. So, when you're given a character, how do you go about creating a voice? And how do you ensure each voice is unique from other characters you've done?
1: Um, I like having a look at the character, um, if they can provide a, um, a photograph. Um, and then from there I just look at the, the photograph and I come up with a voice that would, would uh, seem to match that, that the body and the, the sound that would come out of that character. Um, I have all kinds of different ways of changing my voice um, which is really fun when you're a singer too because um, it's it's, a, it's really fun to change up my voice when I'm singing different styles like jazz, solo, R&B, and country. Um, there's times when I feel like I can sound like a completely different vocalist um, depending on the material and um, so basically I'm just given, usually the director will give me a shot at like, hey, just what do you think this, this character will sound like and and if the, the director thinks, oh, you know, let's go a little higher, a little lower, a little raspier, then I take their direction from there. Um, with Gohan and Goku, um, I was directed to sound like a, a child, a young uh, male child. And um, I just kind of threw something out there, and they, they liked it. Um, and they just said, just be, be raspy and be a little kid. And that's kind of where it all be, uh, my voice acting career began back in 1999.
0: Well, you've been playing those characters for a considerable amount of time, and over you know quite quite spaced out over a long period. Do you find it easy just to slip back in, or does it always take a little bit of preparation work?
1: Oh no, i I know exactly where to go with it now. Um, after voicing um, Kit Goku and Kit Gohan for so many years, and um, that it's just that it's natural. In fact, it's funny. Some people that know me well, and friends of mine who've watched the show in different different. Um, DVDs and that have heard my demo can hear little nuances of Goku and Gohan when I'm laughing. They can kind of hear that the sound. There's a little quality to my voice that's somewhat uh, distinguishable, I've been told, um, which I think is just that's just funny. I, I think over the years my voice has changed. Um, it's gone from being um, youthful and high pitched, a little higher pitched to a uh, little bit deeper. Um, a little bit little bit raspy, and it's kind of neat because I can kind of turn that on and off. I've learned how to control um, the rasp in my voice and can just turn it on and turn it off, and it's really interesting, too, like when I catch a cold or I have a cough, I can actually use my voice and sing around and still perform and actually um, sound um, sometimes like my voice is lower or richer or deeper. Depending on you know the allergy season, or if I'm if I've caught a cold, or if I've been coughing, so um, I don't let illness stand in the way. Um, and usually I can just get right back into that voice with without an, without any issues at all. Mm. And uh, after a day of or of doing the voices for fans, my throat does tend to to get very very sore. So I have to make sure I take care of myself and um, drink lots of water and get lots of
2: breath.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say keeping vocally healthy would be hugely important for you. I mean is is there sort of routines and things you've learned over the years or is it just the water?
2: Oh, yes.
1: Um just in general, I've learned um the the hardest thing on my voice um and for most vocalists or voice actors is being in a loud environment like a restaurant or a club or you got to hear live music and speaking loudly over the music to try to talk to somebody over and over. And also whispering is extremely hard on the voice and and actually does damage. Um, And that gets me raspy and hoarse quicker than anything else. So if I'm in a loud environment, I have to really limit uh, the screaming and the talking over the sound of the loud music. Um, Like it can absolutely devastate my throat, especially if it's done over a long period of time. And then whispering is also very hard on the voice. So yes, I I do have some warm-ups I can do I'm in the car driving to a session, um, and I can just kind of go up and down with my voice, you know, ah, you know, things like that. And then um, yes, lots of water and plenty of rest. And coming out of pretty serious uh, insomnia problems over the years, that's been difficult. But I'm I'm doing great on the rest now. So. All
0: is well. All is well. Well unfortunately we do have to let you go and let you go your next interview, but all all your fans and all the listeners to the show can find all the details of your upcoming projects on Wikipedia and your Facebook page and IMDB. Thank you very much for your time today. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited.
0: That was my chat with Stephanie Nadolni. Now finally here's my chat with Vic Mignona. Enjoy. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me today, Vic.
2: Oh, it is my pleasure, Benjamin. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, what inspired you to become an actor?
2: Well, if I had to be honest, probably Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like a, a little bit of a, of a crazy answer, but when I was 9 and 10 years old, I, uh, I would come home every day from school and watch the original series of Star Trek on a black-and-white 19-inch television and I loved the stories so much, and I loved the characters and their relationships so much that it inspired me to want to go to school and audition for school plays and uh, and learn more about theater and get involved in acting and even get involved in making films and shooting videos. And so um, I would have to say that my entire career as an actor and ultimately a voice actor, probably came from my uh, my love and
0: passion for Star Trek. So I suppose then you could say when you started working on Star Trek Continues, that was a dream come true.
2: Absolutely. It was literally a childhood dream come true. Um, if you could go back in time and tell the, the 12-year-old Vic Mignogna that one day... He would put on a perfect uniform and step on to a perfectly authentic recreation of the bridge of the enterprise and walk through the original sets and play the role of Captain Kirk. <laughs> I think that little boy probably would have laughed in your face. But uh, but Star Trek continues is definitely been my childhood dream project. I started it for the purpose of paying homage and tribute to the show that I loved so much. And it's so gratifying that so many millions of people around the world have been enjoying it.
0: Do you think through online platforms, like you've used with Star Trek Continues, you can actually reach a wider audience than necessarily television or film?
2: I think it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible if you have a good marketing engine behind you. Um, unfortunately, you know we what we do with Star Trek continues it is a non nonprofit non-commercial fan production. so most of the people that know about Star Trek continues only know about it because they stumbled across it on the internet or word of mouth somebody told them about it. Um, I'm quite sure if we were to Have the ability to take out billboards and do advertisements around the internet. We could probably generate a ton more uh, viewership, but that's not why we made it. Um, We made it to pay tribute to Star Trek, and uh, we're not making any money off of it. It's just, it's just for love of Star Trek. So um, I do believe that you could reach a larger audience that way if you had the proper marketing
0: techniques. Of course. And you you also direct Star Trek Continues. Was that something that was quite new to you, and how did you approach something that you loved so much but still be critical of how you were going to interpret it?
2: Well, it wasn't new to me because my my college degree is in film. Um, I've been making films for many years. I have directed and and shot and edited and sound designed and worked on every facet of filmmaking ever since I was in college, well before I was in college. Uh, so it's not new to me, but I will say that I think my particular love and passion, and detail-orientedness for the origin has served me well when I've directed our episodes. Um, I feel like I know instinctively how a scene should play out. I know instinctively uh, what a particular character would say or how they would react to a situation or how they would interact with another character. So, my childhood, lifelong love for the original series, I think, has really served me well when I've directed different episodes of our series.
0: Mm. And and with a brand new uh, official canon series heading over to, I think, CBS, have you started auditioning or petitioning to try and get a, a role in Star Trek canon?
2: <laughs> well, believe me, I would love to. Um, I will say this. I... Uh, I am officially part of the Star Trek universe because I recently was cast to play a role in Star Trek Online. Um, I'm I'm voicing a starship captain uh, in Star Trek Online, (coughs) and uh, so that kind of makes me an official member of the Star Trek universe. But as far as Discovery is concerned... I would absolutely bend over backwards for the opportunity to be some part of that series. Um, I know that they're shooting in Canada, which uh, makes it problematic for those of us that are not Canadian. But if anyone ever came knocking at my door, asking me if I wanted to be part of of the new Star Trek series, I would <laughs> I would jump at the opportunity. And I certainly wish them the best. Um, I I wish nothing but the best of success for Discovery.
0: Well, obviously you mentioned your voice acting there, but you've performed in theatre, on screen as a musician, and obviously as a voice actor. Do you think it's crucial for performers in this day and age when there's so many people competing for very few roles to have more than one ability to perform? Well, I don't think it's a
2: bad thing. I think, I think that, um, I think that you learn different skills from almost every different activity you do. And I think that when it comes to creative endeavors, like acting or voice acting or singing or uh, directing or performing of any sort, I think that there are things that you can can glean from each one of those experiences that helps you in some way in, in other, in other creative, creative endeavors. I mean, I certainly, I certainly believe without a doubt that my extensive <laughs> musical experience and background in composing and producing and writing and arranging and singing and playing the piano... I certainly believe that my musical background has served me very well as a voice actor. Um, there is a musicality to voice acting. There is a tempo and a rhythm to voice acting that I have found in my experience, voice actors who have a lot of musical background tend to really lock into naturally. So I think that all creative endeavors offer offer developing skills that can benefit them across the board.
0: And which creative medium would you like to work more in in the future?
2: I would love to do more on-camera work, I think. Um, I've, I've been voice acting for almost 20 years. I've done over 300 different animated series and video games. Um, I've, I've produced six original albums of my own material and written and produced hundreds of songs musically and produced records for other uh, artists. Um, I think probably it would really be fun to do a little more on-camera work. Star Trek Continues has certainly allowed me the opportunity to do some on-camera work there as Captain Kirk, but being the executive producer of the show, as well as directing some of the episodes, means that I wear several hats. Um, I think it would be really neat, and a, a, a great, a great uh, privilege, to just get to to act in some on-camera roles where I, I, you know, was was not having to wear so many hats and could just focus on on playing a role.
0: Mm-mm. That's uh, I think that's a privilege reserved for only the Hollywood A-listers these days. I think everyone has to produce and write their own work.
2: Apparently, yeah. <laughs>
0: Now, as as, as you mentioned, you've done so many different characters. How do you create a voice for each one and make sure it's different to everything else you've ever done when your career is so extensive?
2: Well, I would say that the goal, and this is a very important point to make, Benjamin, the goal of a voice actor is not to make every character different from every other character he's ever done. The goal of a voice actor is to portray the character authentically and believably <laughs> um, I don't I don't I think it's fair for me to say I don't think it would be a surprise for me to say that my voice tends to be recognizable. Uh, there are a lot of fans that always tell me they can immediately pick me out of the show um, however that's because. The goal for me and the challenge is not to change my voice with every character I play. The challenge is to play the character and to play the the character's personality. So while you could probably pick four or five characters of mine and take one line from each of them and string them all together and then go, oh, they sound exactly the same. I mean, this is the same guy. While that's definitely fair to say... It would also be fair to say that if you were to watch all of those series, each of those characters are very different in the show. They're not the same kind of character. So the, the, the uh, analogy that I like to use is you know, you could pick any one of your favorite Hollywood actors, and they've done dozens of different characters, but they always sound the same. They're not always changing their voice um, with every character they play. Uh, So the same is true for a voice actor. The goal is not to change your voice with every character. The goal is is primarily just to play the character authentically and believably.
0: That's a wonderful way of putting it. And it's really interesting that you mentioned Hollywood A-listers. In recent years, they've been cast in a lot more voice acting roles and have been criticized because they haven't, brought anything beyond themselves to the role. Do you think that trend of casting Hollywood A-listers instead of voice actors is something that's going to die down? And and what do you think of that whole notion?
2: Well, you know what? Unfortunately, I don't think it will ever die down because there are plenty of movie studios and animation studios that believe very strongly that a celebrity is going to bring more people to, to pay the ticket price to see their movie. Um, there are plenty of, of people at film production companies that think that if we get a, a famous actor, it's going to generate more audience and more ticket sales. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's probably their bottom line, right? Hmm. How many people can we get... To, to, to pay to come see our movie or to watch our show so I unfortunately I don't think it's going to die down but I will tell you that I, I agree with you and I think a lot of audience members agree that just because you're a famous Hollywood actor doesn't mean that you're going to be a great voice actor um, there are plenty of Hollywood actors who's Strong points, their, their stronger um, qualities are in many cases visual, or they, they come across very well on screen. But when you take away their visual qualities, maybe certain facial expressions, or certain body movements, or certain attitudes or quirks, when you take those things away and they're stripped down to just a vocal performance, they don't they don't tend to have as strong abilities in that area. And uh and, and so I think we're going to we're probably going to always see uh, animation studios that cast uh Hollywood on camera stars simply because they're stars and they think they'll bring some star power to to a, a production. But um hopefully there will always be a place for voice actors who are just good voice actors.
0: Well, I do sincerely hope that that uh, yeah, those voice actors continue to work for for many many years, as there are some very very talented people like yourself out there.
2: Now, thank you,
0: thank yeah. you. I. I
2: I know that I speak for all of them when I say we hope that's true as well.
0: Now, unfortunately, we do have to let you go. But just before we do, what advice would you offer to young actors and performers looking to get into the industry?
2: Well, (laughs) I would say the first thing you need to do is develop as much experience as you can as an actor. Develop your skills in acting. Take any opportunity possible to develop your skills as an actor, whether it's a school play or a community production, theater production, or acting classes or church, or a church production, uh, anything to develop your skills as an actor. And then secondly, you kind of, you gotta have a thick skin. You, You can't be discouraged easily. If you're the kind of person If you're the kind of person who is discouraged easily when you don't succeed at something, then acting and voice acting is not for you. Um, You have to really be tenacious and and stick
0: with it and not be discouraged easily. Mm. (laughs) It's very true. Well, thank you, Vic, for your wise words and your time today and all the best for the future.
2: My pleasure, and
0: thanks for having me. Thanks so much to all three of our guests for joining me today, and of course to Supernova for facilitating that. We've got a link to Supernova's website, and they've got conventions all around Australia with fantastic guests just like these three guys, and you should definitely check that out. Now, as always, thanks to our incredible supporters, Palace Nova Cinemas and Mad Zombie Collectibles. All their details are on the website online under the supporters section, so go over and read a little bit more about both those fantastic companies. And don't forget to check out Movie Reviews. I've reviewed all of the latest films and some of the ones that aren't even out yet, and that's all available on the Movie Reviews section of the website. We'll be back later in the month with another exciting interview, but until then, I've been your host, Benjamin M. McKay. Thanks again to our fantastic guests, and we'll see you next month. Bye for now.